This morning's scripture reading is coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those, all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I, re I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray. Lord, as we come together today, gathered around your throne, gathered around your word, get around the life you offer us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Early in the week last week, I, I, I saw a story being shared on social media that comes from 2018. It's a story about a white Nate crane by the name Walnut. Walnut was born into a captivity program in the 80s, back when it was, wasn't quite understood how human and animal interaction really quite works. Which, goes, which means to say that Walnut ra was raised exclusively by hand by human beings. To the point where she doesn't even really recognize herself as a crane. Rumors are that as they tried to breed her, she killed the male suitors of her kind. Which is not a good thing when you're trying to save a species at risk. They don't really, they want you to breed and they don't really want you killing your own kind, right? Enter a man by the name of Chris Crow. Chris became the zookeeper of Walnut back in 2004 as she continued to be shifted among zoos trying to find a place to hold her. And she took a liking to Chris, to the point when Chris would approach her, he would, she would begin her mating dance. And so the zoo noticed this and decided they would take advantage of it to artificially inseminate walnut. And it worked. Now, they took the eggs away from her because they weren't sure how she was going to react to these cranes that she had killed before. They weren't sure how she would react to these newborn cranes. Would she care for them or not? But they gave her fake eggs so that she would have something to look after. And Chris even took his part. As the father, he took his time to watch the nest and the eggs while she was off doing her human-slash-crane activities. And so Chris and Walnut are the proud parents of five baby cranes over the years who are now involved in the breeding program. Now, white Nate cranes live to be about 60 years old. And Walnut's about 40 right now. Chris is in his mid-40s. And so cranes, they also mate for life, these particular cranes. So Chris has pretty much accepted the fact that he is married to Walnut. And so for the rest of his working days, if he works to be about 65, he will be spend his days... Uh, being the, the, uh, the work husband of Walnut for the next 20 years, assuming she lives to be about the expected life age, the age of the typical white-naped crane in captivity. It's kind of a funny love story when you think about it. Back in the 80s, some very well-intentioned people were doing what they thought was right to raise, uh, to help a species at risk by having a breeding program. Now, since then, we've learned about human-animal interaction and how humans can imprint themselves on, a species, on, on, on an animal or bird or whatever to the point where they see humans as their people. And they may not even recognize their own species as being their own. Or in extreme cases, like walnut, she would even reject her own species. All of this led to the eventual meeting of Chris and Walnut, and 
when she met Chris, she finally saw something in him that she trusted and found him worthy of being her mate. Now, it's not just birds this can happen to. We've seen it happen in other species, other animals. You think of people who have dogs that aren't socialized and just spend the entire day with their owner, right? You see these things, how it gets imprinted, a lifestyle, an environment, a way of living gets imprinted on the animals. And in a way, it can even happen with humans when you think about the environment we live in, that we surround ourselves with. All of this has a significant impact on how we live as people and how we interact with the world. Now, many of you were raised in loving and supporting homes, and it shows because you are loving and supportive people. But I know of people that were raised in abusive homes. And often, many of them live, end up living troubled lives. Sure, there are people who get out and break the cycle, and that's wonderful. But a lot of them do not. And they find themselves living within this cycle for generations and generations. Their children, their grandchildren struggle. And I also realize that there are indeed people who come from good homes who sometimes make bad decisions and end up in rough lives, tough lives. There's no way we can predict or even protect people 100% from what's going to happen to them in their lives, unfortunately. There's so many circumstances out there, right? Everything in our environment has a piece to play in who we are. I've talked with addicts who have told me that they want to get clean that they want to break free of their addictions. But some of them fall off that wagon because they keep hanging around with the same crew of people, the same people who draw them back or even drag them back into the life they're trying to escape by keeping drugs around them. The ones who are successful in breaking their addictions are the ones who break free from that old circle of influence, who go out and find new friends who are supportive in their efforts to come clean. The environment we surround ourselves with has significant impact on who we become, for good or for bad, whether that's our family, our friends, our neighborhood, our work, our schools, all of it has an impact on who we are and how we develop. Now for Walnut, she found a male she could trust in, to bond with, to have children with, to the point where no other male would do, even if Chris came from a different species. She found she could trust Chris. He treated her well. He took care of the eggs in the nest with her. He has become her lifelong mate. You could even go to say, Walnut loves Chris. Now imagine for a moment where we could influence our own environment, our own perspective much like the drug addict trying to break their addiction, so that, we could be, so that we could live differently. We can make these adjustments in such a way that we work towards, we, we push our lives in the direction we want it to go. We want to adjust our lifestyle. This past summer, I made a promise to myself that I would lose some weight and get in better shape so that maybe I could compete in some track and field events next summer. I bought my running shoes, I I got ready, and for the first little bit I was doing pretty good. And then September came and I'm back in the office and I'm not running or walking as much as I should. I need to do a little better if I'm going to achieve my goal. 
I joked the other day, at the end of the summer, I just needed to lose 15 pounds. That was my goal. Now I'm down to 20. <laughs> Not quite. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but I still need that 15. I need to do better if I'm going to achieve my goal. I need to make further adjustments. Maybe when I'm in the office, I need to make fewer snack breaks and more exercise breaks. Realistically, I should be able to do it. If I think about the time it takes me to walk, well, it's just across the driveway to, from my office to the house, use the bathroom, grab a snack, check in with Bev, how's her day going? You know, if I take all that time, the number of times I do it a day, a couple of times, I could go for a little walk. I could get on the exercise bike in my office that's sitting there collecting dust for a few minutes, right? I need to commit to make that change in my lifestyle. Now, for some reason, I need to more, do more than just think about it. I can't think about losing weight and have it happen. I can't think about getting fitter and have it happen. I need to actually do something. Go figure, right? And of course, it's Thanksgiving weekend. That's not a good weekend for dieting. And then it's Halloween. And then the Christmas candy starts to come out. You know, the world's conspiring against me. Or maybe it's just my willpower that's failing me. All of this we can take and apply to a life of faith. We know Jesus loves us. We accept this as a truth of faith. But do we really know Jesus? Do we really want to know Jesus? Now most of you have friends, right? I think most of you have friends. How well do you really know them? There may be a couple that you know really well. Maybe you've known them in your entire life. But there's also those friends that we might even, we don't know a lot about. Maybe they're better off being called acquaintances. That we don't really know them all that well. In order to have a relationship with God, we need, we need to know Jesus as more than just an acquaintance. He needs to be a friend. As in a friend that we feel like we've known our entire lives. A friend that we know really, really well. Now sure, we all know Jesus. We've, we know some of his stories. We go to church, learn about him, we hear about him. But do we really know Jesus? That prayer from John 17 that Bev read is the last thing Jesus does with his disciples, his friends. It's the last thing he does before he's arrested in the Gospel of John. It's after the Last Supper. It's after Jesus spends a bit of time teaching them one last time. And then at the end of the evening, he prays with them. And he prays for three things in his prayer. The first is he prays that he will be glorified. The second thing he prays for is for the disciples. And then he goes on to pray for all believers. And there's a couple of key verses I want us to pick up on. The first is in verse 3, where Jesus says, he prays, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. To know Jesus is to know God. To know Jesus is to know God. This is key. Everything Jesus did, he did it to reveal the glory of God. 
And he did it to reveal the glory of God to all the people in the world. If we want to know God, then we need to know Jesus. So we need to know and get to know Jesus more. So skip ahead to verses 10 and 11, and Jesus continues to pray. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and the glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that we may, so they may be one as we are one. Jesus is praying for the disciples here. Right before this, Jesus prayed that the disciples have accepted the words God has given to him to give to them. And now Jesus is saying he will remain with them, one with them, one with the disciples as he is one with the Father. This is important because the disciples learned to know Jesus. They learned to listen to him. They learned to um, trust him. They learned to follow him. They accepted these things. Now, were they the perfect students? No, they were not. They made mistakes along the way. But Jesus promises that he will be with them because they truly know he is the Son of God. And they have a re deep personal relationship with him. If we continue to read on through the Acts, through the book of Acts and the epistles, the writings, the letters, we see more evidence of this in action. Now, we didn't read the last part of Jesus' prayer, but we're just going to look at verses 21 and 22. Or sorry, 20 and 21. Jesus prays, My prayer is not for them, the disciples alone. I pray also for those who will believe me, believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So, 2,000 years later, how do we become one with God through Jesus? Well, Jesus prays that it's through the works and the words of the disciples, through their teaching, through their examples, through their lives. In other words, if we want to get to know Jesus, we need to be reading our Bibles. That's how we get to know Jesus, through the disciples. And that's how we get to know them, know Jesus as they know him. And then we learn to live as he asks us to live. The beauty of getting to know Jesus is because he then welcomes us as being one with him and one with our Heavenly Father. And through the gift of his Holy Spirit, we, will, we have access, we have direct communication with them. And that communication is what we call prayer. So how do you know who your true, really close friends are? Right, those are the people where you pick up the phone and you just continue conversation even though you haven't maybe seen one another in six months. Right? You have what you would describe as a deep personal relationship with them. You may even call it a soul connection. Well, you can have that same connection with Jesus. In fact, you can have an even greater connection with Jesus. You can know about him, you can learn his stories, but the ultimate goal is to be one with God through him. And this happens by spending quality time in our Bibles, 
but also spending quality time in prayer. It ultimately means we are adapting or transforming our environment, our lifestyle, so, the, so that we are better able to achieve this goal, the goal of being one with our Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ. In order for this to happen, it means we may need to let things go, maybe even things that we feel are important to us. Thing, there are things in our environment that keep us from achieving what we long for, that is to be one with God. I know people that have literally thrown things out of their home because they knew it inhibited their ability to have a relationship with God through Jesus. They needed to change their lifestyle. They needed to change their environment, so they threw it out. What is in our environment that impacts who we are and what we become? Think about the drug addicts, right? They want to become clean. They want to break their addictions. But they keep hanging around with drug users. They cannot break free. If we want to, if we want to well, people who are, want to lose weight, people who want to get fit, they can't sit around in the evenings and eat chips. I may know something about that. We need to look for the positive changes. We need to seek out things that move us in the direction we want to go. Walnut wanted children. She sought out the love and care of someone she trusts. We want to be one with God. We need to seek out the love of the one that our Father has sent for us. We need to know Jesus Christ. We need to create an environment, a lifestyle that enables us to know him more. We need to learn of his love. We need to accept his love and we need to return that love back to him. Walnut knew exactly what she was looking for in a mate and no one else would suffice, not even someone from her own species. We know we are looking to become one with God and there's only one way for us to get there. There's only one we can have a relationship with in order to be one with God. There's only one we can truly know and trust will lead us in the direction we seek. That one is Jesus Christ. We need to know him. This is Thanksgiving weekend, and we're thankful for so many things, aren't we? For family, for friends, uh, for science that gives us vaccines, tables full of bountiful harvest from farmers. And are we thankful for Jesus Christ in our lives? and the invitation to know him more as we seek to be with one with him and with God our creator? I invite you to get to know Jesus, not just by knowing the stories, but letting these stories speak to you in your life, addressing how you live in, in relation to what he asks of us. And I pray that he will be more in your life, and we should pray for God and Jesus to be more in our life, as we seek to know him more. God, through Jesus, wants us to be one with him. So let's give him the best chance to make it happen. Let's live in such a way to allow Jesus to be an important part in our lives. Let's get to know Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and everything he has to offer us. Jesus has come so that we may be one with our Heavenly Father. So may we live lives that allow this relationship to not just happen,
but to grow and flourish. May we spend our time reading our Bibles. May we spend our time in conversational prayer with God every single day to let that relationship grow, to change our environment for the better so that we may receive all God has for us now and forever. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we we come to you and we seek more. We seek more of you in our lives as we seek to be one with God. Lord, we trust your word that we get access to our Father through you. You who have given your life for us so that we may live. So Jesus, today and every day, give us a desire, give us a longing to know you more. Speak to us as we read our Bibles. Speak to us as we pray. And may we feel your presence each and every single moment as we point our lives in the direction you want us to go. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.